in your nativity set, are they at the stable or are they on a different end table or are they somewhere else looking oh, at? Oh, no, they're at the stable. They're, okay, yeah, so your yeah. nativity is not theologically no, even... it's not theologically sound. <laughs> it's, not even, it's, it's, not even, it's not even in line with what you just said, yeah, you hypocrite. True. Yeah, <laughs> but hypocritically, I'm going with the commercial side of things. No. <laughs> All right, we're starting the podcast again. We started it once, and then we stopped to do a little mathematics. <laughs> um, because it's December 7th. Happy Monday. Another week on the podcast is a word of grace. I'm Andy Burak. As always, I'm sitting across from... Derek Gillespie. And um, today is the uh, the day that will live in infamy, December 7th, 1941. So 79 years ago. Is that what we figured Roughly, that out? Roughly, yeah. yeah. 79 years ago. Um, of course, I have a... A daughter born on this day also, so I guess that is a day that we'll live in infamy That's as well. That's right? Yeah, it's Britta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. um, and so here we are in another week of the podcast. We're discussing the names of Christ. Thank you so much for listening. We're, we're up to about almost 900 downloads on our podcast. Oh, uh, last time you told me it was 800. I know, we had so 100 that's... people. I think some people were catching up over Thanksgiving. All right. Going back and listening to um, some of the previous episodes because we didn't we had a couple days break there. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's encouraging. I don't know unless you're listening to it 800 times, you know, uh, maybe 799 <laughs> times. <laughs> but uh, we've gotten some we've gotten some feedback and appreciate you listening. We're we're on the names of Christ. We're going to do this week and next week, and then take a, a siesta or a hiatus, whatever the right word is and step back over the holidays and come back in the new year uh, with some fresh topics. So um, we are now just a couple weeks away from Christmas and a good time for us to discuss the Savior, Jesus. Our decorations are up here in the church where we're sitting. You told me you were working on some decorations at home. Yes. So what is the, uh, let's see, we've been, I've quizzed you about a lot of your Christmas traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, what is the uh, what is the high point of the decorations in your home? Is there a special? Is there a nativity set? Is there a special ornament? Is there the cat's stocking? What what is <laughs> what is the uh, what is the center of the decorations uh, well, in the, the Gillespie center, home? I would say we have this uh, nativity scene that uh, uh, is is very uh, descriptive of what I think the Bible uh, speaks of in the nativity, uh, the actual nativity in the Book of Luke. So, so I would say that's the that's the high point. Okay, as how far, so? What's... Uh, well, um, of course, I know that there were probably more than three wise men, yes. but the idea of them bringing gifts and worshiping this child, recognizing the fact that he was God incarnate. Okay. So do you leave the wise men a distance away, or do you bring them to the stable with... This is a theological discrepancy in the scripture. Do you keep your... I'm looking at our nativity up on the uh, table there in front of the pulpit, and the wise men are right there in the stable with Mm -hmm. the baby. Um, But, of course, the scripture says child. Right. So So he's roughly two years old, somewhere around. But in the nativity movie, Mm -hmm. the wise men come that night. Right. So what's your theological viewpoint on this? Were the wise men there the night he was born, or no? I would say no. Okay. I would say that, it, uh, first of all, it took time for them to travel uh, roughly, what was it, 900 miles? I don't know. Okay. Um, 
Uh, it took time for them to travel. It took time for them to locate him, even though they were led by the star. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I don't, but, you know, if we look at things chronologically from Scripture, and we don't have time to, to really uh, yeah. develop that, yeah. I would say that Jesus was about two years old when uh, okay. uh, they arrived. So in your nativity set, are they at the stable or are they on a different end table, or are they somewhere else looking oh, at? no, they're at the stage. They're, okay, yeah, so your yeah. nativity is not theologically no, even... it's not theologically sound. <laughs> it's, not <but> even, <laughs> it's, it's, not even, it's not even in line with what you just said, yeah, you hypocrite. True. Yeah, <laughs> but hypocritically, I'm going with the commercial side of things, no. <laughs> if Derek's viewpoints have just offended anyone, be assured that his viewpoints do not re- reflect the viewpoints of Grace Baptist Church or myself. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's fun. Yeah, um... You know, it's it's fun to get the decorations out, but especially to be reminded of uh, the birth of Christ. And we have some special things happen at the church, and hope hope people um, enjoy the celebration. But regarding the names of Christ, we've got three more this week. We've already discussed the Bread of Life, the Prince of Peace, and the Shepherd and Bishop of our souls. And today, Derek, I'll let you introduce our our uh, name of Christ, and we'll get started on this okay, discussion. We're going to uh, discuss. Jesus Christ as the Word of God, uh, and the scripture that supports that would be in John uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, which is referred to as the prologue. Okay, that was shorter than I expected. That, okay. that was kind of just the prologue. Yes, of the... that was the prologue. <laughs> the Word, and even... Um, even just people who are not really acquainted with Greek or the Bible probably have heard the word logos before. Yes. Is that how you say it? Logos? Mm-hmm. Logos. I've yeah. heard both logos and logos, yeah. but I, I say logos. Okay. And that, that is the word for word. In the beginning was the logos. In the beginning was the mm-hmm. word. And the word was with God and the word was God. We're, most believers are very familiar um, with that. Now, do you want us get get us kick started with some of the implications of that word logos, or how how would you like to proceed? Okay, today? Um, first of all, uh, we acknowledge the fact that uh, John had a plan as he was writing this uh, uh, to the audience uh, that he was talking to. Uh, first, he was addressing the Jews, and then, of course, he was addressing uh, the Gentiles or the the Greek, and so he borrowed. Uh, this term, word or logos, from uh, both the Old Testament and the uh, Greek philosophy. That way he would be able to uh, introduce this logos, this word, this, this son of God to both groups of people. So what you're saying in, is that the word logos had a meaning for the Jews and a yes. meaning for the Greeks. Right. Are you prepared to tell us what those meanings uh, were? To some extent. Okay. I'll have to uh, defer to Dr. MacArthur on okay. this as a Go statement that he made. Uh, he, said, he said, first of all, that strategically the term word serves as a bridge word uh, to reach not only the Jews but also the unsaved Greeks. Uh, and in the Old Testament, the word uh, the term word as it relates to God was used to reflect the mind of God, mm-hmm. uh, and more or less the actions of God. The word was used uh, at creation. Uh, we, we hear the Latin phrase, uh, fiat lux, 
let there be light. The Lord commanded light to come forth, and it did. And he did that through Jesus Christ himself. And then, of course, when we get to the New Testament, the Greeks uh, used the word logos to refer to the reasoning of God, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, I don't want to say imagination of God because God has no imagination. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, again, the mind of God. Yeah. And John, in using that word, would appeal to both groups of people. Yeah. And that's that's what I've understood. Uh, in my understanding, the Greeks, when they talked about the Logos, they were kind of talking about God, small letter G. Right. Um, and they were talking about, like, this is the rational principle of what stands behind the creation of mm-hmm. the world. We believe there is a small capital G, the Lagos, who is, um, who they would see as an impersonal force, right? right? Um, and would would you say that that the world views God in that way still as an impersonal force? As far as the unbelieving world, do do they? Do they have that same mindset, do you think? I would say yes, because, first of all, they don't have the capacity to uh, acknowledge the fact that God is a personal being, and in order to be right with him, you have to have a relationship with him. You can't have uh, a relationship with an impersonal force. Like, we couldn't have a relationship with gravity or electricity. Yeah. Uh, so. No, I, I agree again. Um, uh funny how much I agree with you. Um, this would be a much more interesting podcast if we disagreed. <laughs> but maybe it wouldn't be truthful. Um, yeah, the, the, the people in society today, um, and I hope Christians don't struggle with this as far as God being impersonal, um, they, may even, they may even talk about things like karma. Right. Or... They refer to God as the man upstairs, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, a situation happens in their life, and they may say, "Well, uh, we just got to play the cards we've been dealt." They right. they don't believe in an, in and even even uh, many of the founding fathers were that way, where they felt like God created the world and then stepped back. Right? Is that right. deism uh, or a deism or theistic evolution? Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, right. like we we tend to think all these founding fathers were all Christians, where many of them actually believed right. that God was this impersonal being. Mm-hmm. And now John introduces Jesus as the Logos, and you already talked about right. some of the the Old Testament truths. Also, what he is doing, if I'm if I'm right about this, is he is introducing this person, right? as the Logos of Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. So he's not an impersonal... I mean, there's a person Mm -hmm. standing before you that is now going to explain God. You're going to see God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And I have a statement to make, and I think I heard part of this from you in a teaching. It's probably been years ago, but also heard something that I added to it. Uh, And it's the definition of the term word Uh, Well, let me define it from the dictionary, first of all. A word is a single, distinct, meaningful element of speech or writing used with others or sometimes alone to form a sentence. Now, the quote that I want to use states, a word is a tangible expression of an invisible thought or concept, but the word 
Jesus Christ is a tangible expression of the invisible God. And that helps me quite a bit. Uh, basically, the word, uh, more or less, is the skeleton for a sentence. And Christ is the very image mm. of God. And as a result of uh, our not being able to see God, because John 4 and 24 says that God is a spirit, and then in Col Colossians 1.15 and also 1 Timothy 1.17, it states that God is invisible. Well, the only way that we can see God is in the face of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, mm -hmm. the Word. Yeah. I think we mentioned that last night when mm -hmm. the disciples were, uh, in, our, uh, in our Bible study, the disciples were begging to see the Father. Right. Jesus says, well, you've seen me. What, what more do you need? Right, what do you need? And regarding the invisible thought thing, I've thought about that a lot. Like the idea that people will sometimes see people who are in thought, penny mm -hmm. for your thoughts, they might say. Um, or even, even in a preaching scenario, or maybe our listeners are sitting around a table at a holiday meal and they're talking and they see somebody's reaction their thoughts are invisible until they are expressed. Right. And you just mentioned that real clearly. Like God, God is not visible to our senses. We cannot see him, mm -hmm. but we can in the person of Christ because he's been revealed as the word of God. So the previously invisible God, Jesus has come and made him known to right. us. And, and it makes me think of the passage, uh, John 1 and 18. It says, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, and of course that's the word, that's Jesus Christ, he has made him known. And that Greek word, I won't try to say the Greek word, but it, it uh, more or less gives us the English word exegesis. And exegesis literally means to lead out, to show, to unfold, explain, interpret, or declare. So Jesus Christ is doing that with the person of God. He's saying, he's declaring God to us in a way that we can see him and understand him. Yeah, the phrase that we also heard in Colossians, he is the image of the invisible right. God. Mm -hmm. Now, what applications are there? in that way? Or, or is there something else that you've been itching to say about this before I ask that question about okay, the as word? As far as the, the image of God? Okay, so he is, he is declaring God to us. Right. right? He, is, mm -hmm. he is taking what was invisible and making it visible. Mm -hmm. um, now, I think one application is this. Uh, we're all asking the question, whether we're asking it verbally or tacitly, we're asking the question, what is God like? Mm. Who is God? And Jesus Christ is saying, when you've seen me, you've seen God. So when you've seen how I perform, how I act, you're seeing God and how he functions. Mm. And when you see my perfections and my attributes, you're seeing the triune God. I'm not saying that Jesus is the Trinity, but because uh, the Trinity is God in three persons, and yet, there, yet he's, uh, it's one being, uh, Christ is exemplifying the, the Godhead. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Of course, and I had the exact same thought in my mind. Uh, of course, we can't go to a conference where Jesus is the speaker right, right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't go to a stadium and watch him. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we have to 
interact with him in the Gospels. Right. Now, what you said about the question, what it, people are asking, what is God like? Mm-hmm. Of all the ways that Jesus exegeted God, mm-hmm. which way rises to the top of your mind as an encouragement and could be an encouragement to our listeners? Okay, the top of my mind uh, would be, first of all, his holiness. Mm-hmm. The fact that, uh, okay, Jesus Christ, of course, came and lived an impeccable life, a life that was completely without sin. And that holiness was bathed in love. So I see two things. I see a holy being, and I see a being that uh, emanates from his very essence, love. Yeah. And that ultimately culminates in the cross, because we see the holiness in that sin was punished. But we also see the love because God the Son, the Word, came and died on the cross for men's sins. And believers can feel this way, but I, I think probably more unbelieving people feel this way. But, but in general, people can feel like God is, God is mean mm-hmm. or scary or aloof, or distant, or angry. Right. Um, And when you look at Jesus and his interaction with people, I mean, we've been in the ministry here at Grace for over 10 years. And in in the preaching times here, I've preached through a number of different books. We're in Luke. We've been in Luke for five years. And early in the ministry, we were in Mark for two years. So seven of the years that we've been here, I've been preaching through the Gospels. And I've enjoyed that so much because it's, a, it's an interaction with Jesus. And, and as he interacts with these different people, whether it's sinful people, disbelieving people, uh, people who um, fail him, obviously he interacts with the the righteous Pharisees in an angry way. But generally speaking, people are hurting or humble or failing or falling or discouraged. He loves those people. Amen. He loves Amen. those people. Amen. Um, and I think that goes that's the way to, God feels, right? right? That's the way God yes, feels. God, God is not one way and Jesus is the other way. Mm-hmm. Since he's the word, he's expressing God's feelings. Right. So we, when we think right. God is distant or angry or mad or aloof, that's not true. This right. is God. Look at this is God. Right, exactly. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, you didn't. I was interrupting you, and I, it just made me think about what you have been teaching on recently about the gentleness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I can't quote it verbatim right now, but uh, I think it was Isaiah that talked about how uh, when Messiah would come that he would not uh, uh, bruise people. And I'm not quoting this at all, yeah. really. If you uh, can help uh, me a, on this. Uh, a burning wick he yes. will not snuff, and a bruised reed he will not break. Exactly. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's like he doesn't come to the sinner and say, I'm going to bash you over the head uh, because you've done the wrong thing. Yeah. But he lovingly tries to coax them, and I don't want to use the word coax, that's, that's a poor word, but he, he lovingly, lovingly draws them into his arms. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 great, the great 
realization when you when you look at Christ is God being that same way that that draws you. I, I use the right. word coax, but that's not really a bad word. That that mm-hmm. draws us to the Father mm-hmm. uh, because we see it. We see it exemplified in Christ. Yes. Um, we're we're about at our end here. Is okay. there anything you've got there that you needed to add? Uh, no, not not really. I, I can say that uh, when we think about the <clears throat> the fact that Christ is the very image of God, uh, and it says so in Hebrews and in Colossians. Uh, I did write down one thing that one commentator said. He says the word icon, which is the word for image in, this, in these passages, does not imply a weakening or a feeble copy of something. It implies the illumination of its inner core and essence. So one thing we can walk away with is that when we see Christ, we're seeing the inner core and the very essence of God himself. And the reason we can say that is because Jesus is God himself, too. Amen. Yeah, and in, in, in him, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God. God. Well, we'll end it right there and hope that's an encouragement to you. Again, you can uh, find all of our contact information in the description of the podcast, and you can uh, feel free to respond and, and ask questions or share uh, how this has been helpful or encouraging to you. Please pass it on to others. And uh, we look forward to Wednesday, Lord willing, talking about another name of Christ. We'll talk to you then.